Good morning, everybody, and welcome. We're beginning the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch from the beginning today. We're going to be doing Chapter 1 from the beginning. And if you start the book of Jewish law, and you're going to say that you are the condensed version for everybody to learn, what's going to be your start-off point? And so the Kitzur starts off telling us one of the six constant mitzvahs. There's 613 commandments, but there's six that a Jew needs to have every moment of his life. So for example, Shabbos is only on Shabbos. Tefillin is only on week when you're able to in the morning. Tzedakah is only at certain times. But there's six mitzvahs that apply every single moment of your life, which are to believe in God, not to believe in others, to, unif- to unify Him, Yichud Hashem, to love Him, Avas Hashem, Yiras Hashem, to fear, to fear God, and finally not to follow your, uh, the your eyes and your heart, which could easily lead you to sin. So, the, so how can you stay focused on what Hashem wants? That's going to be through Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Summit. If you always have God in front of you, if you always know if He's right, right here, you'll be able to remain focused. And that's how the Kitra opens up. Let's see this inside. I have said Hashem before me constantly. This is a quote from Tehillim. Hashem is constantly in front of me. The fundamental concept of the Torah. And not only is it a fundamental concept of the Torah, it's one of the spiritual levels of the righteous who walk before God. The greater you, your awareness of Hashem standing in front of you is, the greater that will bring you. For the manner in which a person sits, this is an amazing point. The way you sit in your house, when there's no one else home, is very different from the way you sit when you have guests at home, the way you would sit if the king or queen were next to you. So if we know that Hashem is always with us, even when we're alone in our house, we'll never do anything inappropriate. Let's see that inside. For the manner in which a person sits, his movements and his activities are not the same when he is alone at home as his manner of sitting, his movements and his activities when he is in the presence of a great king. Similarly, not only your activity, but your speech, expression are not when in the company of his household and family members comparable to his speech when he is in the presence of a king. (laughs) When you're home, you may say one type of wording, And when you're in front of the king, you're going to guard your lips a lot more. Because then, when in the presence of a king, he certainly examines all his his movements and speech so that he should be properly refined. You don't want to say something inappropriate in front of the king. Certainly, when a person will take the heart of the great... So, this is if you would be in front of a king. Certainly, certainly if, this is if you'd be in front of a king. If you would focus that the way you act at home, sh- imagine as if you're always in front of a king. How much fear and awe that would bring you in your actions. Certainly, when a person will take to heart that the great king, the holy one, blessed is he whose glory fills the world. Meaning Hashem is everywhere. We can't say Hashem is every single place in this world. He's standing over and observing, and observing his actions. How do we know that Hashem is focusing on you and me? As is stated in Yisa, if a person were to hide in concealment, would I not see him, says Hashem. 
Indeed, I fill the entire heaven and earth. Hashem sees every single detail. So certainly upon realizing this, one will immediately be overtaken by fear and submissiveness out of awe of Hashem, blessed is His name, and He will be humbled and bashful before Him. So the first principle of the Shulchan Aruch is to know that Hashem is everywhere. And the way Hasidus tells us is not only Hashem is everywhere, but every single small detail in this world is orchestrated by Hashem. Not only Hashem sees everything, but it's orchestrated from above. Michal, what story do we read on Yom Kippur that tells us you can't run away from Hashem? Someone tried to run away from Hashem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... I only remember, I don't remember that story. Remember the fish swallowing him oh, up? Yeah. The yeah. story of, do you remember his name now? Yonah. Yonah. The story of Yonah teaches us that we can never run away from Hashem. Very well said, Micha. So now we're going to start off talking about weight getting out of bed. Maybe many of you around the table don't have this problem, but many people have the problem getting out of bed. So immediately the kisser jumps to the chase and he says, how are we going to get out of bed? Also, while still lying on his bed, number two, one should realize before whom he lies. <laughs> Think about this. You're sleeping in front of Hashem. And immediately upon awakening from his sleep, he should recall the kindnesses that Hashem, may his name be blessed, has done for him. What kindness? Number one is, you're alive. For he returned to soul to him which he deposited with Hashem when it was tired. And in addition, you have your soul back, and he returned it to him, refreshed and serene. So as to enable him to perform the Blessed One's service with all his abilities, and to serve him the entire day. For this is a man's whole duty. Our duty is to serve Hashem, to be an Ovid Hashem, to serve Hashem. And we're lucky that we go to sleep tired, and we wake up energized. Right, it's as if we went to the gas station and filled up on gas, and now we're ready for a new day. That's if you were in a car. That's right. Gas. Or if we were an electric car, being filled up with electricity. So when we wake up, being charged. Recharged, exactly. So when we go to sleep, we thank Hashem in the morning that we're alive. And not only are we alive, but we're re-energized. Why are we re-energized? To serve Hashem. For this is the purpose of why we're here. How do I know that in the morning we are revi revived and we have new energy? Of course, you may feel that way, but in addition to feeling that way, we see it. But the Torah tells this to us as well. How do we know this? Because it says in Eicha, they are renewed in the mornings. How great is His faithfulness. Every morning we, we wake up renewed. Rabbi Munasech, we say this in the Moda'ani, we say Moda'ani Lefanecha, we'll, get to, we'll, say, we'll say the quote in a, mo in a moment. Here we go. Meaning, each morning a person is created anew, and he should thank Hashem, may His name be blessed for with this with all his heart. Thank you Hashem for, for bringing back my soul to my body. And what should you do? So the first thing you should do on your bed, and while still upon his bed he should declare... I gratefully thank you, Melachai Vikayam, O living and eternal God, for you have restored my soul to me with compassion, Rabbi Munasecha, 
Abundant is your faithfulness. So this is the first item we have in the Siddur. On page 6. Sorry, page 5. And immediately upon awaking, we should say the Moda'ani. And we'll see this in a moment, but actually some, some people have the custom, we go like this when we say Moda'ani, we put our hands together. We do not put our feet on the ground, so we're still on our bed. We'll see so why in a minute. And we say the Moda'ani, we say, Thank you, Hashem, for returning my soul and re-energizing it. Any questions? Yeah, what if you wake up in the middle of the night? Very good question. Very good question. What if you wake up in the middle of the night? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I feel a little sorry. No, no. It's it's right. Right. It's good. <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, there's something else you should do if you wake up in the middle of the night, but you don't need to say Moda'ani until you properly wake up. Uh, sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and then you can't fall asleep till morning. But you're not, if you're, the question is, when you can't fall asleep, are you still attempting to be there sleep? Right. I've been, I've had situations where I've been up for two or three hours, but I don't want to get up. It's not right. morning for me. I'm trying to go back to sleep. But my, so in that case, you don't have to. Until you get up and say, I'm now ready for the day. You're thanking Hashem, thank you for returning my soul, and I'm ready for the day, basically. In this case, this should be a bracha, Hashem. Can you please make me go back to sleep? There please. is such a bracha. Opa. So we'll, we'll get to it. Wow. You're laying on your back rushing this council sleep. Uh, well, that's the bracha. It's going to take us a while to get there. That's when you go to sleep. We have a bracha oh, for that. Okay. Let's not skip and that's not <laughs> true about afternoon naps, right? That's not an afternoon nap can be a heavy. You know, Moshe, you're asking a really good question. I've never thought like, about is that. Is there a modani on Shabbos when you wake up and you feel like you're happy that the children didn't put you on? <laughs> <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, it's a good question you're asking. To the best of my knowledge, we only say this when we wake up in the morning. Um, and only when we're ready to get out of bed. Yeah, yeah. Unless, just a comment, if you're up but you're going to read in bed, you should say Moda'ani. In other words, yeah. Yes. If you're intending to start a day. Correct, correct. Yes. So no question, but maybe a comment? Yes. Um, back in 2016, when you were teaching Tanya, in your, in your, <laughs> you made a special point that I think is relevant, uh, which is that, uh, uh, so we say, great is your faithfulness, right? Imagine you've lent somebody something, right? We lend Hashem, we, we turn our soul over to Hashem in the evening, right? And uh, uh, usually when you lend somebody something, it comes back in a little bit worse state than when you lent it, right? But Hashem sends us our soul back, and not only is it not worse, it's even better. Yeah, I, thank so, you. So uh, this fills that, that great is your faithfulness concept, I think, very nicely. And... Thank you. And we'll get to that in a moment. You added, which is helpful, but actually we'll s we're going to tag along to that now. Fantastic. So the Kitra continues. Your hands are still dirty. So as we'll learn later in the Kitzer, when you wake up in the, when you go to sleep at night, your soul, part of your soul has left. And we know when there's empty space, you've now allowed negative energy inside. So you now have negative energy inside of you. Klipa. And that is why right away in the morning when we wake up, we want to wash our hands. And we don't wash our hands the normal way, three times on the right, three times on the left. In the morning we washed in a unique way. That is the way you remove impurity from you. The impu um, now, so when you've woken up, how could you pray to God if you're impure? Fair question? How could you say the Moda'ani if you're still impure? 
and you haven't yet washed your hands. So says the kisser, although his hands are, yet, are not yet clean, he may recite this expression of gratitude as it does not involve an utterance of the name of Hashem. We don't have one of God's holy names in the Modani by itself, and therefore we could say it even prior to washing our hands. And concludes number two, when you say the Moda'ani, there's two ways you could read it. And I'll, I'll share with you my, my sitter. It says here, Moda'ani lefanecha melechai v'kayim shechazarte bin eshmasi, period. Rabbe munasecha. So if you see, there's a period after the second word. And the reason being because there's two ways you could read it. You could read it in the English, you could read it. I offer thanks to you, living and eternal King, for you have mercifully restored my soul within me. You could read it, for you have with great mercy. And what we're learning here is we want to make sure it's not with great mercy, it's rather your faithfulness is great. A little little intricate detail, but nonetheless, we want to make sure when we're reading it, if in the Hebrew this applies, not in the English, that the dot should go between the word Bechemla and Rabbi Munasacha. Okay, number three. Are we good? We're good to go? Number three is now going to bring us to a quote from Pirkei Avos, which again is going to outline just the way a Jew acts. How does a Jew act? Yehuda ben Tema says, Be bold as a leopard, light as an eagle, swift as a deer, and strong as a lion, to carry out the will of your Father in heaven. In Pirkei Avos chapter 5, section 23, Yehuda ben Tema says that we should try and emulate four animals. As a leopard, we should copy to be bold, an eagle light, a deer fast, and a lion strong. And now we're going to enumerate which traits we learn out. In other words, we don't always want to be bold. <laughs> a bold person is... In where, which areas do we need to be bold, fast, light, and strong? Here we go. To be bold as a leopard means that he should not be ashamed before people who scoff at him. With respect to his service of Hashem, may his name be blessed. Sometimes we're going to serve Hashem. Kind of like you were saying yesterday about the caterpillars. Sometimes people just want us to follow one another. And we're going we're gonna to do our own thing and people are going to make fun of us. Say, hey, it's not appropriate. So for this we have to be a leopard. Bold as a leopard and say, I am bold. I will do what I need to do. It's appropriate this week. It's Parshish. Lech Lecha. We learn about Avraham Avinu. He was a bold man. The entire world was against him. But he said, and they laughed at him. Last week also, Noah, everybody was laughing at him. Remember we learned about everyone laughing at Noah? We have to be bold like a leopard. The exhortation to be light as an eagle. When do you need to be light? This refers to your eyes. Referring to looking with one's eyes. Which means to say that one should be quick to close one's eyes to avoid seeing evil. As that is the initial stage of sin, what happens? The eye sees something prohibited, then the heart desires it, and finally the organs of activity, the limbs, complete the transgression. So where do you need to be light? You have to have your eyes move really fast. So if you see something inappropriate, you're on the internet, you're outside, you're reading, just quickly close your eyes, don't allow yourself to get caught up in that. Mm. 
You with me, Baruch? To be swift as a deer, what does it mean to be fast as a deer? Is a reference to your legs, teaching that one's legs should run to do a good mitzvah. And finally, to be strong as a lion refers to the heart. As the strength required to serve Hashem, may may He be blessed, resides in the heart. Thus, in summary, Yehuda ben Tema tells us one should fortify his heart to serve Hashem and overpower the evil inclination to conquer it just as a strong man overpowers his enemy, vanquishing him and throwing him to the ground. Okay, so Yehuda ben Tema tells us we need to be like a leopard. Don't let anyone make... Sorry, not don't let anyone make fun of you. If they make fun of you, ignore them. Be strong. Know you're doing the right thing. Be fast. Be light as an eagle. Allow your eyes to quickly shut if they see something inappropriate. Be fast as a deer to do a mitzvah. And finally, be strong as a lion. And sometimes it's hard. We're not talking about being bold. No one's making fun of you. But it's a hard mitzvah. Be the lion. And therefore, it's going to continue number four, because now we know that we need to be strong like a lion. We can't be lazy. So when we're in bed and we're being lazy, therefore, continues number four, a person must strengthen himself like a lion. And immediately upon awakening from his sleep, and like we said, and having said, Moda'ani, he should arise with alacrity for the service of Hashem, he be blessed and exalted. Before the evil inclination overcomes him with arguments and excuses, excuses to convince him not to arise. We all have good reasons not to get out of bed. Right? <laughs> Don't let the evil inclination, evil inclination even start. Let that lion within you not jump out of bed. Because we first need to say the moda'ani. Let the lion within you get out of bed. And I say not jump out of bed. Because they say if you jump out of bed, it could, God forbid, be unhealthy. How many seconds do you need to wait, they, do they say, before you jump out of bed? Twelve. Twelve, and we've, I think we discussed this. How many words are in the Moda'ani? Twelve. Twelve. So uh, naturally, if you do what you have to, you don't have to worry about any danger. So you said the Moda'ani and you jump out of bed. Here we go, okay? For example, now, what's the evil inclination going to tell you? The evil inclination will, tell, will approach you with cunning. He's going to rem- convince you in the winter to stay in bed by saying, you see, we're in the winter. Perfect for today. Mm. You awoke today. How can you arise now so early in the morning? It's so cold outside. During the summer, he's going to tell you. How can you arise? You didn't even sleep good enough. It may be light outside, but you barely slept. Or with other simi- similar arguments. For the Yetzer, Hara knows very well how to ensnare people in traps from which they cannot break, break free. He's, he's quite good at his job. Therefore, a conscientious Jew who fears and trembles to obey the word of Hashem must overpower his evil inclination and not listen to it. And even if arising in the morning would actually be difficult due to sluggishness or laziness, he should set as his objective the fulfillment of the will of the King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed is he. Sometimes it's hard. But, But remember, we started off with that quote, Hashem is right in front of you. If, the, if, the, if you're in the king's office, if you're in the king's chamber, so he may have told you sleep in here, you need to sleep a little bit, but when it's time for you to get up, you're going to get up. The king's right there. And to assist himself in this battle, he should take tart the fact <laughs> if someone were to call you and say, I got some big, big business deal for you, Moshe, let's, let's crack a deal of a million dollars. Or if you had a million dollar debt to collect, 
Or thirdly, if someone were calling you to save yourself from a loss of a million dollars, they said there's a big flood in your house, you better run and turn off the water, such as if a fire were to break out in the city or the alike, you wouldn't say, oh, I just need to turn back over in bed and get up in a few hours after the fire. Certainly you would rise immediately with alacrity because of his affection for his money. He would, and he would not be ne neglectful. Similarly, if he were required to go somewhere for the service of the king, he would arrive with alacrity and he would not be neglectful, lest he be accused of neglecting his duties. Or, similarly, not for the negative, or he would rise speedily so to find favor in the eyes of the king. So you're going to get up if I'm going to make you a big business deal, if you're going to collect a lot of money, if you're not going to lose a lot of money, if, the, if you're worried the king is going to hurt you, or if, you, or if you're going to become best friends with the king. You're, okay. So then, how much more so for the service of the King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed is He, should a person take care to arise with speed and alacrity? Now, the Kitcher tells you a suggestion. I haven't heard this myself, but I've heard the Rebbe told the suggestion to people. Moreover, if someone accustoms himself to this course of arising immediately four or five times, it will not be difficult for him thereafter. Furthermore, one who attempts to purify, improve himself, is helped by Hashem. The Gemara in Shabbos tells us that if you try to come closer to Hashem, Hashem will help you do the rest. So, if you need to get up, if you try it four or five times, it will, that uh, putting things into place will assist you in allowing it to happen. What I heard in the name of the Rabbi, I didn't hear myself, was that he told people, if you want to slowly break a habit, you could break it in a few minutes each night and over a course of period of time um, decrease in the amount necessary, in the amount that you need as long as you're, you're, it's healthy for you or the doctors approve, so to say. <laughs> Any questions? Again, if you permit maybe a comment. Uh, comments, please. Um, I should start saying questions or comments. No, no, no. So, uh, I know a few people who have this habit of getting up really early in the morning, right? And I, and I think, you know, from, um, I think it's always really uh, amazing. And without fail, when I ask them, why do you have such a habit? They say either, well, I have a job that requires me to get up this early. Or they say, well, for a long time I had a job that required me to get up this early. And so, uh, and so I, I, I developed a habit of getting up this early, right? And so here we are, and I think, oh wow, that's, that's lucky that they should have a job. But here, what we're learning is we have a job <laughs> that requires to get us to get up this early. Well stated. Well stated. Thank you for the reinforcements. Sure. I appreciate that. Wow. We're going to learn one more section. Therefore, <coughs> sorry, number five. How many of you have heard of the idea of Tikkun Chatzos, waking up at midnight and crying for the temple's destruction? You've heard about this idea, Moshe? No, there's a concept called Tikkun Chatzos. Tikkun means the institution of Chatzos, midnight, that you get up at midnight and you cry that the temple has been destroyed. Now, I want to share in advance of this that the Rebbe has taught us that the idea of, of bitterness within Teshuvah, that means the idea of, of crying and getting up, er, of, and getting up um, 
basically getting a very, having a very minimal amount of sleep and similarly fasting, this is not our task in our generation. It's something that's become more difficult for us and that is why it's not a common practice. However, the practice that, it's an appropriate practice um, when we all regain our energy is as follows. Number five. If it is possible for one to rise early at midnight and to then recite Tikkun Chatzos, Tikkun Chatzos is this midnight prayer. This is most meritorious. As it is stated, Kumi Reini Valaila, arise, cry out at night, the Reisha Shmuris at the beginning of the watch, shifts, etc. This practice is similar to that one of the Holy One, blessed is he, who laments over the destruction of the Temple at that time, as the verse states, Hashem Hashem called out from on high, and from his holy dwelling he raises his voice. He calls out over his destroyed palace, and what does Hashem say? Woe unto my children, for due to their sins, I have destroyed my home, and I have burned my sanctuary, and I have exiled them among the nations. So, if you could get up at midnight, and do tikkun chatzos, and cry for the destruction of the temple, that is praiseworthy, similar, similar to what Hashem does at that time. However, if, however, it is not possible for you to get up at midnight, at least strive to arise before the first rays of dawn. As King David of blessed memory said, I awake in the morning. Meaning, I awake in the morning, the morning does not awaken me. And after midnight as well, you could recite Tikkun Chatzos. So if someone wants to say the Tikkun Chatzos is prayer over the destruction of the temple, they could still say when they wake up, um, and again, King da- David himself, we know, got up at midnight and did Tikkun Chatzos. But he's teaching us in Tehillim that Ira uh, Shachar, that the next stage with them would be that you wake up before the crack of dawn, you wake up the dawn, not dawn wake you up. Now, what's, your, what's the practice, okay? Now we're going backwards. Once you said Tikkun Chatzos, you woke up at midnight. We're not talking about waking up and going back to sleep. No, 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 no. We're talking about you're up now. Mm. So you've gone to sleep for you know, two, three hours, and you're ready, you're ready for the day. What do you do after the recitation of Tikkun Chatzos? One should engage in the study of Torah, each according to his ability. What is one of the greatest types of learning Torah at that time? Moshe, are you familiar with what's something that you can learn in Torah that has a special affinity and connection to your neshama. With a session in Mishnah taking precedence over other studies. The Mishnah. Why? Through this study of the Mishnah one can merit fulfillment of the soul. For the Hebrew letters of the word Mishnah are the same as those for neshama, the Hebrew word for soul. The words Mishnah spelled mem shin nun hey are the same as neshama nun shin mem hey. That is why, when God forbid someone has passed away, we have a custom to learn Mishnayis in their memory. Because the Mishnah, Osios Neshama, the Mishnah has the same letters of the soul, it's a merit for the soul. Okay, so if someone can, and they've just said the Tikkun Chatzos, now you should go ahead and study the Mishnah. Now, if he is not capable of studying Mishnah, so then he should recite Psalms, Ma'amados, or study books on ethical behavior. And now, Kitzer says one of the great ideas that we always try and teach, 
share with others, which is a lesser amount of prayer or study recited with concentration is preferred over a great amount said with, said with concentration. Let's not think it's all about the prayer. It's all about how much we say. The amount is now accounts. A smaller amount with concentration is a greater than a great amount without concentration. Ah, now we're going to learn some incredible merits of those that study Torah at night. Number one, Rabbi Chia taught whoever engages in Torah study at night merits the Divine Presence. So you're studying, learning Torah. The, the Shekhinah is right opposite you. As it is stated, Arise, sing out at night at the beginning of the watch shifts. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of Hashem. In the presence of Hashem. This verse means to teach us that then when a person is studying Torah at night, the Divine Presence is with him. That's number one. The Shekhinah is with you. Number two, our sages of blessed memory said that whoever studies Torah at night is called a servant of Hashem. As King David stated, all the servants of Hashem will stand in the house of Hashem during the nights. That's quite a, that's quite a praise. You're a servant of Hashem. That's quite a high level. So just by, by learning Torah at night, that itself entitles you to the title of the Hashem, a servant of Hashem. Now what happens, you want, to be, you want Hashem to be learning opposite, when, opposite you when you're learning and you want him to be called a servant of Hashem. However, if you don't sleep at all during the summer nights, you're now in trouble. You're not going to operate. So even during the short summer nights, when it is not possible to rise so early, he should strengthen himself to rise while there will still be enough time to ready himself to go to the synagogue to pray there with the congregation. The very least, get up early enough to be on time for Midian. Okay, let's summarize what we've learned. Number one is the kids are started off sharing that the, the beginning of Torah law, in a sense, is Hashem is opposite me. That a recognition that I'm never alone for the good. Let's not, this is not a, it's not like the king is always around me. Never can I have to guard. I'm so lucky that wherever I am in this world, in any place, in the darkest or the brightest, Hashem is right there. And if you think about that, that's going to really affect your actions throughout your entire day. We continued and said that when we get up in the morning, we need to thank Hashem for returning my soul, not only returning it, but returning it re-energized. And like you added, even, even better than we gave it to Him. In number three, Yehuda ben Tema told us, we should be bold like a leopard. Could anyone share why should we be bold like a leopard? Uh, bold um, if, uh, in the face of those who might be making fun of you. For Good. Service. Bold in the face of someone who makes fun of you. Why should you be fast like a deer? Um, because we should be running toward kindness. Running towards mitzvot and kindness. Thank you. Why should we light as an eagle? To close your eyes. And finally, why should we be strong like a lion? To do mitzvot. To do mitzvot and not be lazy. Well said. Thank you. Therefore, in the morning, don't let your evil inclination keep you in bed. You just, just get out of bed. Hashem's right there. And if you were running to make money or saving yourself from losing money, you would do it. How much more so now? And finally, we concluded with that some of the practice of getting up at midnight and that practice would be you get up at midnight you pray for you you cry over the destruction of the temple ideally you should learn Mishnayis after that if possible um, and if you can't do that King David said you should get up before the morning 
Um, but finally, most important is to get up in good time for the minion. That's the last thing we finished off. Any questions? Beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you for the class.